You're listening to Modern Mystic Soul, a podcast dedicated to helping starseeds like you go from awakened to activated. My name is Therese Tucker. I'm an intuitive artist, psychic medium, teacher of intuition, and author of Confidence is Magic. And I'm sitting down to talk with you about the ascension process, the spiritual growth lessons I've learned, and how to move into a more aligned frequency so you can fully experience your destiny. Hitting the right. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Modern Mystic Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Therese Tucker, and today we have a special guest joining us, a true luminary in the world of healing and transformation. Meet Jen Peters, a gifted multidimensional healer, author, teacher, and the visionary founder of a thriving self-healing community, which you can find on Instagram at Jen Peters underscore soul guide underscore healer jen's upcoming book coming home the path to healing your inner child is set to be released soon and is now available for pre-order jen is a renowned for her expertise in dissolving emotional trauma and hidden blocks guiding us towards alignment with our highest frequencies and today she's here to explore the profound connection between inner child healing and our collective ascension journey. Get ready for a transformative conversation as we delve into the world of healing, growth, and wisdom that Jen Peters brings to the table. Jen, welcome to the Modern Mystic Soul podcast. Wow, what an incredible introduction. Thank you so much. It's just actually beautiful to be here. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I was so excited to have you come on the show. I've been following you for years on Instagram. And I was telling you before we went live, that your work on Instagram has quite an impact, I feel. And even just the snippets that you're putting out there are so um, powerful. I've really gotten quite a few ahas and just some inner awareness from the posts that you provide there. I mean, it really is amazing work. You're giving so much value for free. It's amazing. Wow. Thank you so much for that reflection. Um, I really appreciate it. And ultimately I'm here to serve. So through my posts, I like to share as much value and information as I can so that we've got the tools to get where we want to go because a lot of the time people don't understand the background or there might be just a one-liner that really lands with them you know and is actually able to provide that activation that they've been looking for so thank you for that beautiful reflection. Absolutely I, I would love to know what got you into this particular line of healing because I feel like there's there's a lot of talk about inner child but not anyone who's really guiding us into the the depth and details that you're providing yeah um thank you um so I guess I'll I'll give you a little bit of an overview of my background um so I mean I was adopted so I um, really coming into the world, I already had abandonment trauma, rejection trauma, low self-worth, unwanted, unloved, all of those things before I even started. 
Um, obviously, that was part of my uh, plan, actually, because healing through those allows me to do what I do now. Um, I see that now. <laughs> but um, through childhood, I I mean, I grew up in a, in a home with a very volatile dad um, and two adopted brothers. So it felt really unsafe for me, really, from literally from day one. Um, as I went on, those um, those inner child traumas started to play out differently in my life. As by the time I got to my teens, I definitely I was really very off the rails. Um, and um, by fifteen, I had had my first rape. Um, Sixteen multiple gang rapes um, by the same group of men. Um, oh and so that was obviously extremely, that definitely left a mark, as you can imagine. Um, by the time I was in my sort of late teens, I had just incredibly low self-worth. There was no guidance or support or anything for any of these things. You just muddle on and just kind of assume that everybody else kind of goes through this sort of stuff too. Um and by the time I got to my 20s, I uh, met my what ended up being my uh, husband and we were together for about 14 years and I was severely codependent, severely kind of, I was actually a hairdresser for a lot of years from, from 12 actually, I was working a salon and, and something I've noticed actually now being in the industry, so many of us are people pleasers, we over function, we over deliver, there's a lot of those codependent type patterns in that industry and um you know, I was doing that sort of work until I was about 25 and I met my ex-husband at that time as well. And um, again, we were together for about 14 years. He was quite narcissistic. Um, obviously, most narcissistic people are undiagnosed, but I would say if there was a diagnosis, it would be that. Um, and I have to say a narcissism uh, sorry, people who are narcissistic and people who are codependent, they really are two sides of the same coin. So, you know, when we're attracting narcissistic type uh, relationships, there's a very good chance that we carry codependent type patterning. And that was the case for me. So through those 14 years, there was a lot of infidelity, um, you know, a lot of betrayal. I will say that I was betraying myself by staying so the betrayal was not just on one side of course I couldn't see that at the time it was only through healing that I started to actually realize that um, you know we ended up doing a lot of drugs for me I was high a lot of the time um, particularly towards the the last few years because it was the only way I could cope with what was going on mm -hmm. um, and in the end we separated and I was just uh, Honestly, I just felt like I was broken into a million pieces. If somebody, truly, if somebody had said to me, your name is not actually Jen, it's something else, I would not have been certain that my name was actually Jen. Like I was so destabilized and so gaslit by that time. I really didn't know who I was. Um, now, a friend of mine strongly suggested that I um, see a healer. I didn't even know what a healer was at that point. So I um, I ended up going and seeing her, I have to say in true codependent fashion, I approached her trying to book a session for my husband <laughs> because he was the problem. And yes, he was the problem, but also I had my stuff too. That's why I was tolerating it. 
Um, and so she very wisely suggested that she sees me first and she did. And I still remember that first session vividly. It absolutely changed my life. She took the rose tinted glasses off and I went in there with them on. I went out with them off and I was just like, oh my God, I am completely enabling all of this. This is not a blame thing or a victim shaming or anything like that, but it's just like, hang on, it's actually very empowering when we discover that, hang on a minute, I've got a part to play in this. That means I can change this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's what started me on my healing journey. Um, I worked with her extensively actually for over five years. Um, and during this time, um, that's when I started to obviously realize that, oh my gosh, I need to help others. Uh, feel the way that I'm feeling like they need to know this is possible because the contrast of living in torment and then feeling actually peaceful like it's like night and day um, and so through that obviously I started to discover that I was codependent and um, I started to do more work on myself I'd done two years uh, training uh, with a school in the US and um, that's where I started to recognize that in order to step out of codependency, we must be able to dissolve the codependent patterns. And those codependent patterns are formed in childhood. Um, and so that's where the inner child work was born. So I started off helping people um, around dissolving uh, narcissistic abuse uh, and codependency. But again, it, it always comes back to the inner child work, like nearly everything, not everything, but nearly everything comes back to beliefs that were formed in response to trauma in our childhood. And even if it happens when you're 20, you still dissolve it the same way anyway. So that's how I started really fine tuning and honing in on the inner child work, because that is just about always going to be the answer. And if you can get deep enough to the foundational level, dissolve it there, you dissolve all the patterns that, that, you know, you've been playing out on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like so much of what you're saying is resonating. And I, I find it one so fascinating. Like as you're talking, I'm just thinking about like how we are designing our life path so that we will step into the person we're meant to be. And it's like everything that you're saying has built you into being this incredibly strong healer with such a like laser focus insight into the core issues that, you know, codependency has or self-esteem issues. I mean, those are the ones, whenever you're talking about that, those resonate for me so hard because I mm. recognize myself and, and my own lessons, uh, the own, my own like healing that I have to do in those posts. But what I love about hearing this is, you know, I think that sometimes I, I think back to before I truly understood the work that we're here to do that I always thought healers were these people who like had their, you know, for lack of a better term, shit together. Like they came in with, like they came in with it all together and that they had these answers. And it's like, no, I mean, through my own path and through paths like yours and listening, it's really, we come in with this designed experience that is, you know, I don't know why our souls like to choose such complicated work, but it's so necessary in order to really have the empathy, deep understanding and, and deep wisdom to understand what it's going to take to move you from point A to point B. Um, and your story is, I mean, that's quite profound to come into the world with the very things, 
like at the right out the gate with the very pieces that you were going to need to overcome to get to this point. That's quite an intense, but amazing journey. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've been noticing, especially, I would say it has intensified within the last two years, just from talking to my spirit team and the observations I've been making is we are really being asked to deal with these inner child issues. Now, this is your last chance. It's kind of like, please, please, please do it now. Um, So I wanted to address that with you. And if you could explain to the audience listening, the how inner child healing relates to the ascension process that we are currently in now. Why is it that my team and um, just everyone that I'm working with is having these core experiences come up where they have to get down to the heart of this, that it has to be cleared? Why can't we just take it with us into new earth and you know deal with it over there where it's gonna be mm. easier? Why before we go? Mm. So thank you for sharing. Um, And I agree with everything that you have said. Um, So in my view, um, the inner child trauma, and this could be emotional trauma, it's any trauma, any kind of emotional trauma. When we Mm -hmm. talk about inner child, we're just talking about it kind of occurring in those first few years, Um, but it's any emotional trauma. So in terms of our ascension, there's two things. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that in our trauma, it absolutely holds so much wisdom. It holds, when we go in there, and I can feel my skin starting to tingle, um, when we go in there, we're, you know, sometimes a little bit fearful of doing so, but I tell you what, not only do we gain insight, wisdom, but we also unlock knowingness and um, upgrades and up levelings that we could not get any other way um, and so those up levelings are absolutely necessary for you to step into whatever you're here to do right yeah so there is that side of it um, and the other side is is of course that trauma so that helps us point in the direction of our mission and, and it activates our mission to come online more. Um, also, as you probably know, trauma vibrationally, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's weighted down. It does not align with a higher frequency. It's as simple as it. And I'll tell you something about why it's coming out so much right now in a moment too. But we must clear the trauma in order for us to ascend. Um, there is a lot. I don't I don't see it so much now, um, but it might just be where I'm kind of hanging out. Um, but there was a lot of bypassing going on for a long time about, you know, positive thinking, high vibing, all that kind of stuff. It's all good stuff. It's part of, yeah. it's one of the ingredients, but you have got to get to the core of the trauma and dissolve it at the foundation. Otherwise, it's like, being weighed down by bricks and you can positive think yourself as much as you like but you're not going anywhere like that. yes <laughs> I, I feel I fully feel that and what my team has always shown me is like a hot air balloon with the sandbag still on yeah. it you can't yeah. as, you can't go, ascend without right. with those airbags they're they're, they're the sandbags are holding you down um, and I really what you said about the trauma holding wisdom we couldn't get to any other way yeah. wow 
I mean, that's a point I want to chew on in my own mind for a while and be like, yes, <laughs> yes, like go deeper into that point. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's really, I love, I think that's so beautiful and it just ties so much into this idea of creating a soul contract. Like this is the way I'm going to get this because on, again, from that bird's eye view, we can see how it's laid out. We can see the, like the, the gateway, if you will, forward, and it's going to require us passing through this bit of understanding that our soul decided we needed to know this. Mm -hmm. this path is going to teach you something that is, is going to be profound to you. Because I think a lot of times we can get weighed down on the fact that maybe we have trauma or we got stuck somewhere. Our ego does like to fixate on it and tell us how, you know, especially if you have an ego that really loves to pick you apart, which I think a lot of people on the service to others path have that type of ego where it's not about um, separating you through this, grandiosity but separating you through tearing you down you're not enough yeah right and your trauma is proof then the fact that you, you've had this problem number one and two that you you're uh, dealing with it for so long is proof that you're not enough and you're not going to make it right that's yeah. what the ego is going to be yeah. saying yeah so that is what i would call a not enough wound um, yeah. It's a very common one. Know it well myself. That's why I recognize the signs. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what it does. Um, but there really is so much magic. Like when you were speaking, and I've been showing this before, um, it's almost like mm, it's like a treasure hunt. You know, each of those triggers are, of course, connected to a trauma. Um, and we might have multiple different triggers connected to one trauma um, but each of those triggers they are like a piece of treasure like you go into that and you will find gold there and it's just like picking up those jewels and then moving on to the next one the next one the next one and each time you know you're expanding and expanding and expanding um, it's a beautiful journey and depending how you do it too, it doesn't have to be messy or uncomfortable. I know when I'm working with my one-to-one -one clients, there's always tears, um, yeah. but it's more out of compassion for what that part of you went through or is still going through. It's not because it's traumatic and it's, it's the most beautiful work to be able to actually uh, really see yourself at that particular time, find out exactly what needed to be said, what they needed um, and to give that to them. It's beautiful work. So it doesn't, again, a lot of people are afraid of it being messy. It doesn't need to be. And the other thing I wanted to say as well, we were talking before about the, you know, high vibing and um, essentially bypassing a lot of the time is I do see a lot in this community, um, a lot of, a lot of um, and people can be quite ungrounded. When we're, yes. avoiding, when we're avoiding what's going on in our body and what's gone on in our background, in our background we can become quite ungrounded. And I get it, especially those of us who are starseed to come from the stars. It's a harsh reality down here. It's very <laughs> jarring. It is. I love that you're saying that because I, I absolutely recognize that within myself. In fact, I, I often... Um, ask of myself to be grounded, like to feel secure and be grounded and connect because early in my life, 
I did not want to be in this body. I did not want to be here. I wanted to leave. I remember being about four years old and crying that I wanted to go home, but I was in my bedroom and my Mm. mom's like, you know, and I'm just like, I want to go home. (laughs) I don't want to be here. And, um, just that it took me a long time. In fact, I would say I really reconnected probably 2019, 2020, like when that whole thing happened, my, I went, okay, I'm in my body now I'm here and I'm anchoring in because there was this desire to sort of float above it all. Like, I don't, I don't like what I'm experiencing. I feel, and the inner child often feels helpless when experiencing that. That's one of the kind of core memories that comes up in me is this helpless feeling like I can't Mm -hmm. stop this. Mm -hmm. right I can't stop what's happening I mean I witnessed domestic abuse as a small child Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like you and so there is this I remember my first impulse was to scream and tell them to stop you know make it stop and then when no one was listening I'm like I can't stop this nothing's nothing I do helps right so this helplessness sort of kicks in and that made me want to detach from the physical world so yes. much more. And then, of course, discovering you know, or remembering, I should say, like all that's happening in the non-physical was very, I was very invested, very young in it. And it felt so good. But you're right. There is this sort of escape behavior going on with it. I mean, just like you can escape with anything, but you can also mm-hmm. escape through, you know, spirituality and through connecting with your angels and you're talking to your guides and you're trying not to be here, but the whole idea of incarnating here is to be here. Exactly. And that is our job here, especially when we're from the higher realms. Yeah. Our job is to, is to ground and anchor into the earth so that we can bring those higher codes into the earth. If we're floating around up here somewhere and being there, done that myself plenty. So it's no judgment or anything, then we can't do what we actually came here to do. Right. Uh, yeah. And I find that it becomes a pattern too, where uh, one of the patterns I recognized in myself was just this weird feeling of helplessness. Anytime mm-hmm. I'm challenged, right. The first thing that kind of comes up when you're not dealing with it is I, don't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And it's not founded in anything that's happening. It's just a pattern of belief that you're connecting with. Yeah, and most likely from when you were a small child and you were powerless to do anything there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And I would agree with you that I think the thing that helps it the most is actually having to face the challenge, actually having to sit in the frustration of your helplessness until you recognize your internal power and you start mm-hmm. utilizing it. Right. Yeah. And um, so that's just one example of of how I've kind of gone through that experience. Are you feeling stuck, overwhelmed, or unsure of your life's direction? It's time to break free from self-doubt and confusion. I'd like to invite you to join me in my Modern Mystic Mentoring Program, where you'll unlock the power of your intuition and transform your life. With over a decade of experience, I specialize in guiding you through my intuitive self-mastery method, helping you heal the past, embrace your inner wisdom, and create a future filled with confidence and purpose. Say goodbye to indecision and hello to self-trust. 
Join me on a journey of self-discovery and watch as your life transforms into a masterpiece of positivity and fulfillment. Ready to step into your true potential? Visit blithestarlight.com forward slash mentoring and book your call with me today. Modern Mystic Mentoring, your path to intuitive self-mastery starts here. Uh, recently, what I've just noticed is that, um, and it's not just me, but a lot of people I'm working with are talking about like these trigger core memories, like popping up now it's I feel like maybe it could be a combination of the energy field we're in now with with the intensity of the energy that's coming through or it's just time it's time to deal with it but I feel like they're just sprouting up to the surface and when I look at the astrology we've got so much uh Chiron energy activated that wounded healers is like no guys <laughs> it's on it's on now we're, we're connecting Chiron with our North node, which is where we're desiring to go. And both are together in Aries, which represents the self and like dealing with the self, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You're absolutely right. And the other thing that I've been seeing a lot of, I saw it kind of start maybe two years ago, but I've seen it kind of in full force. I have to say since the 8-8 portal in 23, um, I don't know if you remember or not, but just leading into that, maybe the two weeks before that, and then from there on in, there was so much coming up for people, like way more than usual. Like, you, yeah. you know, when you're in this position, you've got a decent sized audience, you tend to start to recognize the themes that are waving through the communities. Yes. Um, I definitely saw that a lot. So what I've actually been seeing uh, in my sessions, and I do remote healings as part of my programs, and that's when I can really see what's happening um, uh, behind the scenes. We're changing over to crystalline. That's what's happening. Yeah. So there's some people I'm noticing their um, chakras are upgrading, not all at once. It's usually one or two at a time, but the point is they're upgrading or their organs are, or their actual um, energy field is upgrading, but we're changing over to crystalline. So of course that is a fifth dimensional frequency. So mm -hmm. anything that is sitting lower than that, I mean, there's probably a little bit of leeway there, but anything like that is of the third dimension, for example, like uh, lower frequencies, like gr grief, fear, um, anger, anything like that, it's going to be pushed out. So if your if your root chakra is changing over, I actually just worked with somebody yesterday, and his was in the middle of changing over. I could see the ruby red on the outside, but the inside was like a literally like a closed flower. I see in great detail when I'm sort of working, um, closed flower, but it was platinum, and it just had the outer petal starting to open like a peony. You know, mm. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's happening. And so that's yeah. why so much is coming out. But I tell you what else is that in my experience, what I'm seeing is that any healing that we're doing, well, I mean, I'm only aware of my own healing, of course, but any healings that, that I'm doing or, or facilitating and supporting um, are very profound they are far more well, I mean they were powerful before they are far more powerful now it's like everything's ramped up so we've been yes. super supported to heal basically right now this is the time if you haven't done it already get onto it 
I, I wonder how anyone could avoid it. I feel like it's a tidal wave. Like, how do you avoid, I feel like it's in your face now and it's, you're going to, I don't know where you go in your life right now where you won't be confronted by the thing you need to heal. Well, that's how I'm feeling personally anyway. I don't know if it's like that for everyone, but it's definitely like that. Oh, I, I agree. And I mean, I've certainly found, I'm sure you have too. It starts off as, as a nudge and then it's a tap and then it's yeah. a slap and then it's just like a full on, I'm going to push you over. Like, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to make you listen. That's and right. that's kind of what happens. I can see uh, a bit of a, di- uh, sorry, a um, divergence really though. Um, there's going to be people, I, I certainly know people that, are not going to look at anything at all. I think life's going to get really hard for them. It already is hard for them. Uh, whereas when you start tapping into a higher frequency while you're doing your work, while you're grounded, um, I mean, the world is just an entirely different place. It, it There's some some things in my own life where I'm like, I, I literally, there was the other day, uh, I had some healing time with my mom, which was huge for me. And that morning I'd said to a friend, I I need to let this go. I don't think this is ever, this awareness between us is ever going to happen. And I have to be okay with that. And I was, and then I saw my team's number everywhere, which is 44. So everywhere I went, it was 44. I went and bought cat litter, $44. I'm like, what is going on? My team was just like so excited. And I'm like, I don't get it. So I'm driving over to my mom's house and there's this huge rainbow in the sky. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm driving and there's a, the word karma on a sign just as I'm passing. I'm like, what is, what is it? So we get there and the very thing that I said I was ready to let go of and I'm not going to get it. She was like, I talked, I had I talked to a medium who talked to your higher self and your higher self said, this is what you need, which is exactly what it was. And she's like, so here. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Was this just in the last two weeks? Yeah, this was last week. I hear you. I've had the most, like, you cannot make this stuff up synchronicities happen in the last well 10 days two weeks like bonkers last week started with such an intense awareness and pain so much pain started at the beginning of the week and then by friday it was like the exact opposite it was i i looked back and i'm like hey that was worth it but um if you talked to me last monday i would have been like this shit is not worth it I can't. i'm going home i, <laughs> I want know, my right? money back i'm out <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i just feel like there's there's so much getting our attention which is why i'm so excited to have this conversation so i, I want to switch and talk about your new book right now i want to talk about coming home um and how it offers guidance to help with the inner child. You had mentioned about, I think you said there was like 12 types or archetypes, something. Could you just break that down for us? Because I know that there's, there seems to be a lot more to inner child healing than a lot of us understand. Um, And you have a great way of sort of identifying it and helping get to like some core issues. So if you could share that with us. Thank you. Um, So I think one of the differences with my methods, my system is that I go substantially deeper and Mm -hmm. a lot more detailed than anyone that I'm aware of. There might be other people doing it, but I just know from the feedback from my clients who have inevitably always seen psychologists, therapists, other healers beforehand. So just gauging by that, I'm pretty sure that one of the key differences is the depth that that we go to. So the detail. And so 
um, on that, I've discovered um, over the years, I've done around about 11,000 hours of uh, actual inner child work in the subconscious mind. So a lot in that space. And I've consistently seen 12 themes of trauma coming up again and again and again and again. Now there will be other types of trauma as well, but these are the 12 main themes. And so I break it down because I think one of the big issues from what I can, there's, there's a few things, but one of the big issues with a more traditional approach or the more mm, general approach is that we don't go deep enough. That is the problem. Um, I'll also say, in my experience, we have many multiples of inner children. We do not just have one. When we're just talking to one inner child and just throwing all these words at them, thinking that, or hoping to kind of hit the mark, it's just too general. It doesn't resonate. So we've got to actually split it down and go down a couple of levers, levels. So with my work and the 12 themes that I talk about in my book coming home um, there are themes such as um, emotional abandonment now that's the most common trauma I see pretty much everybody I work with has some form of emotional abandonment they might not have been abandoned but if they've got a parent often a mother who has been disconnected for one reason or another and it might be just because she's busy chasing two other toddlers you know it can be very normal day-to-day stuff that does cause a often a an emotional abandonment and that rupture is what causes our attachment trauma so really big like big effects on us um but quite easy to happen so I'll look at the um, emotional abandonment I will look and and the book looks at um, attachment trauma such as your anxious attachment dismissive avoidant disorganized um, we look at rejection we look at low self-worth we look at the not good enough wounds uh, feeling unloved or unlovable we look at shame um, boundaries um uh, loneliness, chronic loneliness, that's a really big one too, which is actually different from abandonment and being alone. It's a slightly different feel to it. So we cover all of those different themes. And within the book, we I look at what that particular trauma is, how it's, um, how it's formed, the sort of situations it comes about in. Um, we also look at exactly what signs to look for in children um, because the thing is a lot of us are parents and I want people to be able to go oh my gosh I can see that in my four-year-old and know what to do now for their yes. four-year-old rather than waiting to the 34 and having to see a therapist oh um, <laughs> yeah I've got lots of anecdotes all the way through there for parents um, well just because if we can catch it at that age that's going to be so much better for everybody. Huge. That is going to be huge. I, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like my prayer for people is that they can catch it early because imagine a world of healthy adults. Oh what my that gosh. Would look like. Oh my gosh. I can, yeah. I mean, I even speak about in the, just to your point around dissociation, because I think that a large portion of the, of, um, uh, the collective are actually dissociated. And so of course with babies, this happens when they feel like they're not safe in their body. And so I've got, this is what you look for. This is what you do, massage your baby's feet and their body and da, da, da. So I've got that stuff on there because that's Love where that. ADHD half the time comes from. Really? Well, yeah, really? because they're dissociated. 
So I've not come across a single person with ADHD who has not experienced quite extreme trauma and that trauma is unresolved. So the energy is out of their body. And so it either goes into freeze mode and that's where they're very uh, vacant, like a deer stuck in the headlights, Um, or think of your child bouncing off the walls. It's because they're out of their body and they don't feel safe. And in fact, I write about that quite a bit. And well, not quite a bit, but I definitely explain that in there because a lot of the times these kids are getting into trouble at school for mucking around or whatever they're doing. It's just like, hang on a minute. The teacher needs to actually help this child feel safe in their body and safe in the classroom. So calling on them and singling them out in front of 30 other kids is not helpful. Whereas if the teacher understands why that child is bouncing off the walls, then they're able to provide a safer environment so the child can come back into their body and then they can learn because when we're out of our body, we can't think. Our mind goes to mush. We cannot process even simple information. Right. And so that's where these kids are at. So they're not problem children. They're carrying trauma. That's the problem. Wow. Yeah. So I want to. I want people to understand that, and I don't understand why this is not being talked about more. To be quite honest, <laughs> I'm so I'm really looking forward to this book then, because as a mother myself, that's constantly what I'm thinking about. Is like, how do I know as somebody who's had trauma in their life and is actively trying to heal it? It's not always easy to catch it. Mm-hmm. And another, especially if you're distracted by your own trauma and you're trying to heal, and I'm just oh, thinking you're about in it. How- how long does this go on? You know, like, are yeah. you going to be going to therapy for the things that I couldn't catch? But I love, I absolutely love that. Not only is this book going to help someone going through it personally, but it can also arm them with tools to help somebody else. Because I can think of several people as you're talking who I'm like, I, you know, that awareness of a person with ADHD is leaving their body. And I'm thinking, about my husband who I love deeply. And I'm like, how can I bring him back into his place? Do I, should I massage him? Like, what do you do to help someone get back well, into their body? There happens to be a process for exactly oh, that in the book. Because, because I've got a process. I've got process for each of the themes of trauma as well. So you learn everything about it. And then you um, then you can follow the step-by-step process to actually start healing it. And I do have one specifically for dissociation for that reason, because as I say, a large proportion of us are dissociated and we don't even know. Yeah, no, that is incredible. Take my money. I will have my book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right then. What a gift. What a gift. No, seriously. Um, Okay. Uh, That's, that's amazing. And gosh, you are so good at this that you're literally intuiting my questions before I can ask them. (laughs) So, okay. Let's talk about then since so we've got dissociative was one that I could identify. You talked about emotional abandonment. Um, what are a few others that, that show up for us? Um, so the not good enough trauma is very common. That's when we, um, if we tend to overfunction, we have the needs to prove ourselves. We compare ourselves to others. And of course, always see ourselves as less. That is a not good enough trauma. Like we feel like oh, nothing I ever do is enough. I'm yes. never good enough, always falling short. Um, we will most likely have had a parent who's quite critical of us, even if they did it in a loving kind of way, um, that will cause us. And of course, anyone who's had a narcissistic parent will have that as well. 
um, low self-worth uh, that's more around um, feeling settling for less, feeling like we can't ask for more and we're inclined to settle for the crumbs um, when we have low self-worth and we'll generally attract partners and friends actually who have similar traumas so it quite often exacerbates our uh, feeling of low self-worth we won't put ourselves out out there or we won't go for that job promotion or you know we feel like we're worth x amount of money and a salary increase but we'll actually settle for a lot less you know, so that's a low self-worth trauma. And I've also got around uh, rejection in there because that's kind of very deep, very much related to the emotional abandonment. Um, the The rejection is almost like a, uh, a trauma response to the original emotional abandonment. Um, and as I mentioned before, we've got uh, processes around shame. We've got quite a lot around self-abandonment too because obviously, uh, and a bit in there around codependency. Um, because I know a lot of uh, people in our community um, can relate to codependent type patterning. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot in there around the unloved and also around boundaries, how to speak up, um, how to set boundaries, examples to setting boundaries, what they can look like, tips to how to do it. I, um, I want to kind of go back to the low self-worth piece because one of the things that my my team has had me talk about is martyrdom and oh. martyrdom. They, my team has explained it that they see narcissism and martyrdom as two sides of the same coin, like two faces in terms of the fact that they both are separating from oneness, but through different means, meaning like the narcissist thinks they're better than their superior. And so they're separating through their superiority with where a martyr would separate from oneness through inferiority yeah. and believing it's less than, right? So uh, does that resonate for you? Or do you see, is martyrdom slightly different than low self-worth? Um, I would say they would go hand in hand, but in the example you've just given, you've kind of equated a martyrdom to codependency. Is that right? Uh, I, so, okay, let me see how I would define martyrdom. So I, I see it as, because a lot of times I'm talking to people, we're talking about being on the path of service to others, but my team is adamant that I make sure that people understand that service to others includes you. You need to put yourself inside the circle of who you're serving so that everyone, every single okay. person you included is, is be, their needs are being met, right? Yeah. Um, and so what, when I talk about martyrdom, I see it as a person who is intentionally separating themselves from the, so my needs are nothing. I am nothing. You know, I'm just here for you. Um, I don't have any needs. Complete self-abandonment. Okay. Complete self-abandonment is happening there. And we do see that a lot. And, um, you know, that goes hand in hand with overgiving, caretaking, fixing, saving. Those are all codependent patterns. For me, codependency is like, the, the term codependency is a, an umbrella term okay. for a whole lot of different themes underneath, like overgiving, overdoing, overfunctioning, people-pleasing, not saying no, um, saving, rescuing, fixing, all of those kinds of things, which is kind of what you're talking about. But the curious thing is as well, we need to be, we actually need to bring that in balance. We need to be, as you said, giving ourselves 
as much as we're giving other people as well, because otherwise we really are pouring from an empty cup and from yes. a place of lack. And I've got to be honest, a lot of times it's definitely worth looking in to see what's really driving this. Because most of the time, especially when it comes to codependent patterning, um, we will be overgiving or really nice or people pleasing because we're seeking something because we're yes. wanting to be seen or we're so, wanting to be accepted or acknowledged or or we're abandoning ourselves so that we get chosen and we get that security that we're looking for right so it's more transactional relationship than a like a pure place of giving is what I'm hearing it, can, it definitely can be. I wouldn't want to say it always is, but it definitely can be. And I know that might be a little bit triggering to some, but I think, to be honest, anything that we're actually really quite triggered about, we probably know that there's something sitting in there for us. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to join the next Spirit Circle? Spirit Circles are virtual gatherings I hold every new moon and full moon where I'll take you deep into the cosmic codes to receive the messages on how to work in alignment with source energy. The first 60 minutes include energy attunements, journaling, masterminds, guided visualizations, and more. Each spirit circle includes a 30-minute psychic Q&A session with me to get answers from your guides and spirit team. Every session is recorded and it's yours to keep to use again and again. If you want to join me for the upcoming spirit circle, please go to blithestarlight.com forward slash spirit dash circles. I hope to see you there. I remember years ago hearing Teal Swan um, uh, describe codependency as actually covert narcissism and at the time I was like oh like that was so insulting and offensive and all of those things like that really ripped my nightie <laughs> which always tells you there's something going on there isn't it and the further I've gotten along to this path it's like ah oh, I can actually see what she's saying it's not that we're talking about bad people here um but usually we're doing these things for a particular reason it's really not unconditional we're doing it because we want a particular outcome we're not giving from a place of pure just want to give we want right. to get back in return right well these are coping mechanisms ultimately i mean we learned that's that right we we that's how we, we survived all, we all tried to start from that pure place and then when it didn't work we adapted or adjusted our approaches until we found something that started working and that's what we used but didn't realize that it was a coping mechanism that's exactly right and it's not a sh shaming thing at all and I've been there myself as well and it's it is as you say it's a coping mechanism that is how we learned to survive that's yeah. you know how we survived the environment we were born into Absolutely. So now I love that you brought up that codependency is sort of an umbrella term for all these other behaviors, because it, um, when you had mentioned that the codependent and the narcissist go hand in hand, I was thinking to myself, I thought it was the empath and the narcissist that go hand in hand. But I realized that maybe sometimes we use the term empath as almost like the sugar coating, positive, mm -hmm. toxic positivity version of codependency I'll share your thoughts on that yeah I, I definitely um I I hear what you're saying and there's definitely a lot of merit to what you're saying 
I know for me though, I wouldn't want to say that every empath is codependent, but I mm -hmm. will say that empaths definitely the area they need to really work on is boundaries, uh, energetic boundaries as well as um, boundaries keeping people out as well and in particular around boundaries that stop them from overgiving, overfunctioning, overextending and so on. Yes. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And that's where empaths and um, and uh, codependency really overlap is it's a complete and utter lack of boundaries. Um, and it's not, again, there's two sets of boundaries. It's not just boundaries to keep people out. It is also boundaries in particular for us, if we tend to be empathic or um, codependent or self-abandoned, it is about boundaries that stop us from doing that, recognizing when we're, you know, offering to do stuff when we actually we don't have time to do that stuff, but we're doing it because we think we need to be nice or that's what we should do or so on. So it's putting those boundaries in for ourselves. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is interesting with the narcissism and the um, empaths. I, I mean, I, I don't hear it so much anymore, but it may still be around. A lot of people will say that they're attracting narcissists because they're empaths. It's like, no, no, no. You're attracting narcissists because of the unhealed trauma that you're carrying. And there's no shame in that we all have it. Anyone right. who thinks they don't have trauma, they probably are carrying more than the average. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we all have, have it. Really disassociate to believe that they don't, right? I mean, you really have well, to like yeah. kind of yeah, so it was bypassing once again. Right. We all have it. I mean, I have never met anybody in any walk of life that you can't start recognizing the patterns and right. um, pretty quickly, you know. So, um, um, but yeah, they'll often think that, okay, I'm attracting narcissists because I'm empathic but and, and I'm a really nice person. And so you probably are empathic and are a really nice person, but the real reason why you're attracting narcissists is because um, you don't have boundaries in place solid boundaries yeah. uh, and also um, you will have un the same sorts of traumas that the narcissist has except they play out differently so you'll have uh, an abandonment trauma that's why you abandon yourself whereas a narcissist will uh, they, they've completely cut their entire self off and created a new persona but they will have you self-abandon so that they don't feel abandoned they will have the not good enough trauma. For them, they'll become grandiose, big, or, um, sorry, and they will tend to encourage you to, um, to uh, your not good enough trauma will play out by proving yourself and standing on your head to make them happy, overextending, overfunctioning, so on. Um, they might have a low self-worth. For them, they will actually try to pump their their worthiness up by depleting yours. So they're the same traumas. They just play out usually in the polar opposites. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've I've been talking with some people about narcissists, and it's it, it's not an area that I've really dug into before this year. And as I went down the rabbit hole, there's there's quite a bit to learn. Uh, about how that whole dynamic works. And um, I guess I, I'm going to ask this for a friend, my, this question. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's going through uh, a divorce with a narcissist, a pretty, pretty nasty one. Um, and of course, 
it's kind of like when you're in that, it's kind of like, you know, when you get a certain type of car and you've never driven it before, suddenly you see it everywhere. Well, she, it's like when now she's in this situation, she sees it everywhere. Like so many other friends are like, oh yeah, I'm divorcing this narcissist, you know, and, and the stories are very similar. And so the question that she would ask if she was here is why are there so many narcissists out there? Like, is it, un, would you say there's an unnatural amount of them or is it just that our traumas are going to lead us sort of down a certain path. And some of us go this way and some go the other way. And it's just sort of like 50-50 ish. If well, it's a it's quite a complex question actually. Um if you've if you've had a history of being with narcissistic people, like you've had a couple of partners that are narcissistic, um, then it's highly likely that you have codependent type patterning, like the self-abandoning type patterning. Mm -hmm. um, and it's most likely that you've been raised in an environment that that probably had a narcissistic parent in it. Therefore, the, the opposite, it's kind of like an anxious attacher, will most likely be with somebody who's avoidant. Um, it's the same kind of pairing. You know, a narcissist will often be with a codependent or, or a degree of that. Yeah. Um, so they will have picked up that um, patterning. So bottom line is if you have been with more than, I would say more than one narcissist uh, and attracted more than one narcissist, then there's it's highly likely you have codependent type patterning. And so you are a vibrational match to narcissists. So you are going to seek them. You're going without unconsciously seek them, but vibrationally you're going to be magnetizing that sort of trauma in. Um, so the way to step out of that is not doing what many people do: become a walking encyclopedia about everything there is to know about narcissism. Um, that that is bypassing one to gain. I mean, you do need to know the information, and it's good information to have. But while you're still carrying that patterning, you're still a magnet to them. So you've got, got to go in and do the inner child work to dissolve those patterns, dissolving the part of you that wants to people please, dissolving the part of you who feels like they have to prioritize other people's needs above their own, just all of that, the one that has to keep the peace. So dissolving those aspects, bringing them into balance actually mm, heals those traumas and you no, no longer vibrate in that way so you no longer attract those people to you and if you did you spot it a mile off and you, you can easily step out of it you don't you start become... to smell them you're like mm. exactly yeah. so, mm. <laughs> I, don't think I will uh, <laughs> yes move along that energy is not for me <laughs> okay yeah well that's that's a good point and okay so we're I'm so excited for this book to come out by the way when does um coming home work uh come out so uh we uh i am launching uh, 25th of march um originally we were looking at february but there's actually a lot to do so we wanted to to be a little bit more spacious so we're going to launch on the 25th of march um and print version will be um uh, in may um so really excited about it because ultimately I, this may be of interest to your people actually it was actually yeshua that came to me New Year's Day of 23, seven o'clock in the morning, first in the morning. And it was different to usual, um, like very no nonsense. Not that he's, um, you know, overly playful normally, but it was very serious. Like this has to be done. And I channeled about five pages from him. 
and he was the one who instructed me that this book needed to be written um and yeah so he's actually channeled codes into this book as well so it is very activating but ultimately I want people to have effective tools that they can afford that can actually help them heal at the foundation instead of just scratching the surface like what is often the case they will have the tools and they can take those tools forward with them too fantastic and so it will be available on amazon first yes in, yeah. in march okay fantastic yeah. so put it in your browser on amazon coming home you want to find this book before we go though i wanted to know if okay let's say we're listening to the i'm a, a listener and i'm listening to this and i'm like this is fantastic and i need to get my hands on it but i'm also in pain right now what is something like a starter exercise for someone who's like, I really do want to make contact with, even if I don't know the aspect of my inner child that's, that's active, I just want to make contact and initiate the healing process. I'm ready to embody myself and I'm ready to face this. And how can I start now until I can get my hands on your book? <laughs> Thank you. So um, I would, um, possibly create some quiet space where you're not going to be interrupted. Um, perhaps sit there and <clears throat> as you're thinking about the thing that is troubling you, notice whereabouts in your body you're feeling the emotional charge. Um, might be your chest or your, your solar plexus or your belly, but wherever it's sitting and just notice what are the physical sensations then notice what are the uh, emotions, what emotions and words are sitting in that part of your body. And then um, reflect those words and emotions back. You know, for example, you might be feeling um, anxious and sad and um, fearful of what's to come. For example, you would say, I know that you're feeling anxious and sad and fearful for what's to come, but I want you to know that I'm here with you now. You're not on your own. I'm here and you're going to be okay or whatever reassurance that you specifically need. The key here is noticing the exact uh emotions or words that are in there they can be anything but reflecting those exact words back so you want to that and i just saw an orb I just go poof when i said that um yeah it's it's about actually the exact words not paraphrasing and reflecting those back and that helps you feel seen heard understood soothed and then I always like to bring in violet light um, and then anything else that's light, I'll quite often use rainbow or golden light or soft pink, whatever you feel called to, as long as it's light and color, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I know that for me, when I really got clear uh, for myself a few years ago about the self-abandonment, I made a, I make a point when I get that wobbly feeling inside where I start to feel really scared or like, I can't do this is I literally say to myself, I have your back. I, I'm mm. right here. I am right behind you. I am not going anywhere. I am right here. And that has made mm. such a small, mm. but powerful difference. Um, mm. in my own healing is like really reaffirming that I'm here. Mm. I'm not going anywhere. You know what would be amazing would be going back to even just as a future self, going back 
to that little girl, I want to say three-year-old, I can't remember if you mentioned that age or not, but the little young version of you and taking her out of there and just letting her know that she is okay and just doing it from a future self perspective. That happened two weeks ago. Two weeks oh, ago. I love I got it. I was listening to something that uh, fortunately, even though I did not like listening to it, it immediately put me back in that four-year-old body. I'm at my door and pressing on it and screaming and crying and I, I, Therese now walked into the room. I grabbed her hand and I said, you're coming with me. And I opened a portal. I took her through. We went to the oh. night garden, which is a very special place. And she has a little playhouse there with a bedroom and all of her kitties and every, and I sat with her and held her. And I'm like, you don't have to be there anymore. You get to be here. And that moment. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, even talking about it, I get teary, but it, it was yeah. very power it is a really powerful visualization to show mm -hmm. up for yourself in that way that you so wanted an mm -hmm. adult to show up for you at yeah. that time and I just you know we know that time is not linear it's cyclical and it's happening now and so when we do that we are sort of changing we are. the trajectory of our own yeah. life by going back in time and healing something uh, that needed it in that moment. We we yep. get to do that and we will see a ripple effect in our life. Okay. You're exactly right. I love I love that you did that. And that's exactly what I see too when I do this. I know I've done uh, work with other um, clients over the, over the years and we've done, for example, uh, healing work around sexual abuse. And it's very interesting. Oftentimes when we go back to that particular time, we will resolve what's going on there heal the inner child will also deal with the perpetrator usually as well so that empowers them but it's really interesting by the end of the process they'll go you know what I think that was the last time it ever happens like hmm doesn't surprise me at all because we've gone back and we've put a stop to it that's why yeah Pretty oh, yeah. quantum. <laughs> I love going quantum I love that so how can people best connect with you now because I know that once they listen to this they're going to want to hear more from you get more insights get a chance to work with you so how can they do that oh thank you um so probably the main place honestly right now is um through Instagram that's where I'm most active actively every day um you can dm through Instagram or through my uh website which is www.gen uh, dash peters.com um, but I you know I do have digital uh, heal your inner child courses I do the one-on-one -on -one containers which are obviously we tailor specifically for you and I'm about to actually open um, group coaching because I want people to know how to heal not just to heal but to actually have the tools so they can heal themselves going forward too um, so it's really about empowering others to be able to do this work on their own. That is so fantastic. I, I strongly recommend, I strongly, strongly recommend following her at least on Instagram because you oh, get so much value out of the content that she's sharing. Um, and she really does give you ideas on how to deal with the issues. And it's all right there at your fingertips. So it's so valuable and any healing coaching work that she's doing, jump in on that. Cause I know that it's probably going to fill up fast uh, because the work that you're doing is so needed and necessary at this time. And it really is 
lightweights being lifted off of you doing this kind of work. So no matter how intense it may feel to face it, it is the only way to heal it is through. And Jen is such a great guide through this. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, we're actually working with our multidimensional selves as well. We're using multidimensional tools and it's actually your higher self, your multidimensional self that is actually helping guide and facilitate the healings as well. So we're well supported in that space. Yay. I love, I love, love, love that. Well, Beautiful. thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It has been um, so eye-opening and I, I could just talk to you forever about this, everything that you're saying. I'm just like, yes, yes, more. Oh, thank you. That was amazing. Thank you so, so much. I've absolutely loved our conversation too. And I love what you're doing. Thank you for, thank you for doing what you do and opening this space uh, for us because it's, it's also very needed. So thank you. Oh my goodness. You are so welcome. It's a pleasure to do this. So be sure to look for Jen Peter's book coming home. It will be available soon on Amazon in March. Yeah. And then there's also going to be a hard copy. I am a big fan of hard copies so that you have Me that too. as an index, but I will, I will get it on Kindle just to have it. But <laughs> I definitely look forward to that hard copy coming out in May. So be, uh, be sure to take a look. I will put uh, links to Jen in my show notes so that you can go right to her account, start following now, check out her website, jen-peters.com. And until next time, I hope that this episode finds you happy, healthy, and blessed. And I will be seeing you soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Be sure to visit me at blithestarlight.com and subscribe to my list. And that way you'll never miss an episode of the Modern Mystic Soul podcast, which can also be found on Spotify, iTunes, and all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Pinterest as Blythe Starlight. Until next time, stay magical.